Well, this is my best, best, best Estrella Daras I think ever. Anybody tells you you have to do an interview and you've got to go to your local pub, I think that's a pretty good call. And not only have I got a call to come to my local pub, but it's November the 5th, so it's fireworks night. And sitting next to me, I have the very lovely Laurie Toms, who is married to Mick Toms, and you both run the Draycott Strawberry Special Pub that we're sitting in now. Is that right? That's right, that's correct. Well, Laurie, very good evening to you. Welcome to Draycott Diaries, and thank you for letting me come to your pub. You're quite welcome, Tiggy. Well, thank you very much, Laurie. First of all, I'm going to just give our listeners, because we're quite lucky now, we've got quite a lot of international listeners as well. They love to sort of picture a scene of where we are. So, guys, wherever you are in the world, if you picture a, a very, very lovely, cosy country pub, you're going to be fairly near the mark. We've got a roaring log fire going on behind us. Uh, it's still quite quiet at the moment because it's about 7.15ish. It's fireworks night, so it's probably going to get a little bit rowdy a little bit later, so we're grabbing the thing. And in the background, we've got a couple of friends of mine, Martin and, and a friend of his, playing darts. So there's a bit of a hubbub going on there. What a perfect place. And I'm sitting here with a wine and soda. Laurie's been very good. You've just got a glass of water. I've just got water, yes. Being very good tonight. It's a bit of a busman's paradise, isn't it? So, Laurie, tell me, if you would, uh, I know the first thing that's going to be interesting to people is when they start hearing you speak that you have a an American twang. Guys, you've got to remember that this is a really, really, really deep country pub where people come on horses and leave their tractors outside. Is that right, Laura? That's correct, yeah. Or they park up in their tractors and want us to carry out chocolate bars to them. Is that right? <laughs> Roadside service, yes. Is that right? Yes, we get that as well. Yeah, it's, it's a, a, a pub with many different characteristics and actually we have a lot of characters in the pub. You always have the village idiot. Is that me, Laurie? Um, no, I, I don't tend to mention who it is, but I think this village has more than its fair share of <laughs> village idiots. But are they always the village idiot, or are they when they've had a couple of beers? Oh, yeah, maybe after a couple of beers. Yeah. We can just laugh about it and have a bit of fun, a bit of banter. One of my favourite things about this pub, apart from the fantastic people who run it, all the people in it, the wonderful drink, the surroundings, etc., etc., is that it has the best loos in any pub I've ever been into. Yeah, quite a lot of women say that. I don't know about the gents, but um, that's because of my love of flowers. I, I just love flowers. And almost every time when you go to the ladies' loo, you will see a great variety of flowers, potted plants, just different little lady-like things. Now, and they're fresh as well. I mean, it's not like they're fresh, plastic. Fresh cut flowers, yes. It's yes. just lovely. So, I mean, I want you to know, Laurie, you said you didn't know what the men's are. I don't know what the men's are like. I don't wander in there. Do we um, know what's in there? Well, we do know what's in there, and that's where Mick and I sort of have an agreement. I take care of the ladies, he takes care of the gents. And I can tell you this, flowers would not survive in the gents' loo. <laughs> 
<laughs> so we don't even go down that road. Okay. But one thing I would like to compliment you on, not only your fresh flowers in, in, the, in the loo, but also you've got very good accessibility here too for wheelchair users. Yes. Or for people like myself who've got a guide dog, which is a real bonus these days. And for an old country pub, that's going some, isn't it? It is. And I do remember back when we were making it disabled friendly, and this is going back to shortly after I arrived here in the UK. That's been, oh, nearly 18 years ago. And that was one of the big mandates in this country, was everything had to be made disabled friendly. And would somebody come and check on that? Because you've got a license, obviously, for the pub. Not so much that they had to check on it, but you knew the guidelines, and the council was very willing to pass through any planning without any cost to make the alterations in order to make it disabled friendly. So it was at that time that we literally tore down the toilets that were existing out there. Toilets, that is more of a UK term. You could say bathrooms. <laughs> you know, for some people... I'll call it anything you yeah. like. Lauren. Okay, we tore them down. Yeah. And we made disabled-friendly facilities with handrails and wider entrances. And then we also, in the front, put in a ramp so that people could, if they're wheelchair-bound, they could easily get into the pub from the front, from the side, or into the Skittle Alley function room. Well, it's great. And do you know that makes such a difference? And I think I've already asked you this. I'm coming, uh, hopefully, spring next year to do a thing called Blind Skittles for Mm -hmm. guide dogs, where everybody is going to be blindfolded to give everybody (laughs) an equal opportunity, including sighted and non-sighted people. So that should be a lot of fun. When I was thinking about venues, of course I wanted to do it here because it's my pub. And I thought, do you know what? It's the best pub for that because everybody can get their guide dogs in, everybody's not mobility. But the thing that makes me laugh though, Laurie, when I first came to this village, gosh, I'm a, a, a new girl, I've only been here just over 20 years. I used to come down here for a drink with my then husband, and it used to tickle me pink coming from London that there would be tractors outside <laughs> and that there would be horses. And horses, yeah. yes. Yeah. You can't get more country than that, can you? You can't, no, you can't, especially all the horses that are around. Have they ever come in? Yes, we have had. You on a couple of occasions, yes, we've had a horse come in through the back <laughs> and gone out the front door. Drunk and disorderly behaviour? It was just because Mick said that they could do it, and they did it. <laughs> I think we should say here that Mick is your husband, who's, let's find it, quite a character, isn't he? He is. He's uh, one of the many characters in this pub. <laughs> well, we're hoping we might be lucky that he might flit past us later, but we'll um, we'll see how he's feeling. I imagine yeah, he, might, it. he might make an appearance. He, I don't know. He's a bit, uh, I'm not going to say camera shy, but microphone shy. Microphone shy. <laughs> yes. well, fair enough, yes. fair enough. You can fill in the gaps. But I think it'd be lovely, uh, Laurie, if you would, because obviously we've given everybody a, a visual description of what it's like inside. And just for those of you who are writing notes about planning their holidays future, this is the Strawberry Special pub in Draycott, Somerset. Yes. A little bit about the history of it, because where we're situated, if I'm right, there was a railway line here called the Strawberry Line, wasn't there? There was, and it was located directly across the street. And the actual platform is still there. And yes, it was called the Strawberry Line. And that was because in this area back in the days, this was a big strawberry growing area. And there was actually a train called the Strawberry Special, which carried these strawberries from Somerset into the rest of the country. 
and they would load up just right across the road. This pub was called the Railway Inn initially. The name was changed somewhere around 30 years ago to the Strawberry Special. Okay. And that is why it's called the Strawberry Special. So I'm imagining when the Strawberry Line was running, you were right opposite, I imagine, where the waiting room was and everything. Yes. So do you think everybody sort of stayed in here having a merry time until they heard the train and then would rush out? And they would rush out. In various stages of inebriament. Yes. And yes. leap on the train. <laughs> Hop on the train. <laughs> or not. As the case may be. <laughs> you may have missed it, yes, actually. We do have an article hanging on the wall here that a lot of visitors love to read. And it tells of the, the old train and ghost. I was going to ask you about that. Yeah, yeah, there's, there are ghosts. There are ghosts? In this pub. Wow. A lot of them believe it's ghosts from years ago, the people who used to ride the train and still getting off the train coming into the pub. No. Have you ever had any sense of this? Well, the ghosts that I experience around here, they do things that's very unexplainable, but it's just annoying. It's not frightening, it's just really annoying. For example, just a couple weeks ago, I woke up on the top of my dresser, half of my items were shoved onto the floor, the other half was perfectly fine. Now, I was sleeping right next to it, I never heard anything. You can't have turned over and knocked it. It was on top of a dresser in the room. Another example is there's a, a shelf in the kitchen that's probably about nine feet high where we store little straw baskets of various sizes. We came down one morning and those baskets had been neatly arranged by side and put back up onto the shelf. And there's no way it would be somebody here in the pub, you know, one of, one of the no. wonderful team who, who works here who would have moved those about. This happened overnight while the pub was locked down, alarms on. And has anybody else ever said to you they've seen somebody? or do, Is it supposed to be a man or a woman? Or? I think it's a combination of the regulars past and, again, some of the people that used to come in off the train. Mick seems to believe that it could be some of the old previous landlords and landladies. Uh, he's, he said that there was one that did actually die in this building, in what is now our meeting room. So he, he tends to think it's a, a previous landlord. I don't know. <laughs> How old is the pub? How old do you think it is? The pub, I would like to guess, I, now we don't know for sure, it's a minimum of 150 years old, maximum of, I would say, no more than 200 years old. Okay. There's a very old, famous walnut tree in the front. Is that by the riding block? Yes, right near the riding block. Because a very old stone riding block, isn't yes. it, which people would have used. They would need a, a little assistance getting up to their horse. <laughs> they were glad of that step. Yes, yeah. yes, very grateful for that. Wow, that's extraordinary. You know, we'll talk later about friends that we have seen come and go in this village, because it's a very close community in Draco. But a friend of mine who sadly only just died two weeks ago, she remembers as a child coming down to the strawberry line and mm. waiting the waiter room whether it be an open fire and, and then getting on the train and then how the naughty boys would put a rod through it, you know, through the outer door handle so it meant yeah. that when they got to their destination they couldn't get they out. They couldn't you know. open the door. No, and I think the strawberry line, even though it's not there anymore, has become the sort of the heart, the beating heart of the history of the village. Isn't yes, it, it has. It, it provided a lot of jobs in this area. 
not only the farmers growing the strawberries, but then you had the pickers, which, you know, back then could have been family. But, um, and then yes, the, the actual train, the employees there. So it was a, a, a heartbeat of the village. But sadly, that's gone. I think it was axed back in the Beecham cuts. Well, what's nice is there are still signs around the village that they've got paint over them because, of course, it's not there anymore, but it's still standing out to the station. Yeah. So it still lives. Um, and that, that, I think, actually, Laurie, neatly brings me to my next sort of thing. Well, I was thinking of things I've, I've been dying to ask you ever since I've been coming into this pub. Obviously, the train has stopped, but do you feel, as we do, that your pub is, even though the railway line's not there, is the kind of beating heart of the community? Yes, I, I do. I do. I mean, I have tried hard to, to make it feel that way. But uh, I, I have um, really tried to make it more of a community place. Let's move on. From memory, did Mick come here first and was he, did he come in 1987? Yes. So I did get that bit right. You got that bit right, And yes. was, was that pre-you or did you come with him? No, Mick purchased the pub in 1987. Uh, he's been here for 32 years. And Mick and I met in the year 2000. This is the bit I really want to find out about. I want to find out about, about all of it, but on my questions I got quite quivery with a typewriter when I got back to the notice typewriter. Sorry, guys, I have moved into the modern So, Laurie, tell me the whole... I'm going to sit back in my chair and drink my wine now. Tell me the whole story, how you met Mick Thomas. Okay, we'll do then. In my previous life, that, that's what I like to call before I moved here, my previous life, I worked for a major airline. Out Did of, you? Yeah, out of Atlanta, Georgia, Delta Airlines. I didn't know that. I was in management at the corporate headquarters, okay. uh, overseeing properties and facilities. And with uh, working with the airlines, you get perks such as free flights. One year, I had a friend that used to work at Delta. He since retired, and he moved to Draycott. He phoned me up and asked if I would fancy doing a house swap. I'm like, okay, and um, I got a friend in the States interested in coming with me. So did the house swap. My friend and I flew over here. We were just doing sightseeing. And from where, Laurie? Where were you? I mean, where did you fly from? From your home? I, I flew from Atlanta, Georgia. Which is your home? Or was it uh, not my original home, no. I lived just south of Atlanta in the Sharpsburg, Noonan area, but I'm originally from Kansas. Okay. Uh, Wizard of Oz, Dorothy, there's no place like home. Yeah. But I ended up in Atlanta. Yeah. So you are the original Dorothy? Well, I wouldn't say I'm the original one, but I'm the closest thing you could get here in Draycott. Well, can I say to listeners, she's the split of Judy Garland. Oh, well, thank you. Never looked at myself like that. Don't forget I'm registered blind. <laughs> anyway, tell us anyway. So, you're yeah, so, so you were on the plane, you were coming over. Yeah, coming over, we hired a car, we got here, exchanged keys. The closest pub to where we were staying was the Red Line, the old Red Line. <gasps> the old Red Line. Up on the main Which road. Which was the other pub in the village, but yeah. isn't anymore. Yeah. Right. We popped in there, had a drink, and then it's like, oh, we heard there's another pub down the road. So we thought, well, let's go down the other pub. Came down here, front door's wide open. It's special. And this is, um, I don't know, like on a Saturday afternoon. 
We come wandering in. We're just looking around because nobody was here, but we saw one bloke outside and he was watering the flowers. Now, these were fake plastic flowers. He's watering the flowers. And he comes in and he says, we're closed. So we just got in the car and left. We carried on with our holiday, had a great time, met some locals up to the Lion, and then they asked us one day if we fancy playing Skittles. All right, well, we don't know what it is, but yeah, we'll have a go. <laughs> what time do we need to be here? It sounds quaint, we'll have a go. Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll have a go. So we were playing Skittles and it turns out the Skittles match was between the Red Lion and the Strawberry Special. Dun, 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 dun. Two competitive pups. Yeah, my friend whose name was Michael Ann, we said, right, let's go down and see what we can do with the Skittles. Went down there and there was the strawberry special team, which Mick was on it. And there was Tony Heatley and don't know if you remember him. He had the post office. Oh, yeah, yeah, Tony. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tony. I live We've next door, Tony. Yeah. Um, Ken Dennis, uh, just loads of people from the strawberry. As we were playing, Mick came up to me and said... Wait, which team were you playing on? Were you playing on the Lion? The Red Lion, yeah. Oh, my God, you were playing on the competitive team. Yeah. Because, remember, I came down here on the first day and, and was told to to move on because this pub isn't open. Okay. Oh, yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, I do remember that. This is the same man who was watering the plastic flowers. This is the same man that was watering the plastic flowers. He's incredibly rude to you. <laughs> He's now playing <laughs> Skittles, Skittles, and you're on the opposite and team. And I'm on the opposite team. So, frankly, it's not going well. No. Towards the end of the game, he comes up to me and said, do you fancy going out for a drink afterwards? He's always been a romantic. <laughs> Very romantic. <laughs> I looked at my friend, Michael, and I said, what do you think? And she says, I don't know. She said, let me go ask the landlord what he thinks of this guy, because I really didn't know who he was. You okay. know. Anyway, I said, yeah. I'll go out for a drink as long as Michael Ann can come with me. Yeah. So we all went out for a drink, had a laugh, you know. Um, I gave him my business card. He gave me his business card. I was set to leave the next day to head back to London to catch her flight. We left that day, got on the flight the following day. Oh, a week or two later, phone rings. It's Mick. He just kept calling me, you know, hi, how are you doing? You know, what are you doing? You know, of course, by then I'm back at my job, full swing. But uh, he said, well, when are you coming back over here? I said, well, I don't know. He said, well, why don't you come next week? So three weeks after I had left here, I came back here just for a long weekend. On your own this time? On my own this time, yeah. <gasps> Laura, you hussy. Yeah. yeah. You knew where you were heading. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, I came back here just for a long weekend. That's, that's how we met. Was he still watering plastic flowers? Yes, sadly. Yeah. Have you ever thought to the bottom of that odd behaviour, really? It is quite odd, yeah. I think it is, Laurie. Yeah, but you notice now since I've been here that... They're fresh. They're fresh flowers, yeah, they're real flowers. Yeah, they're, there's no longer any plastic no, fake no, I couldn't, flowers. No, I would know. I would absolutely That is so lovely. So how long approximately? Is this 10 years ago, 15 years ago? 
that I came over here. Oh, no. It, um, like I said, we met in 2000, and I moved over here in February of 2002. Oh, okay. So, so it's been got a good old long yeah, time. Yeah, we're getting close to 18 years. The picture is you've got a hugely successful job with a major American airline. Yes. You've flown over here. You're beginning to fall in love with a man that waters plastic flowers. Yes. <laughs> so what's happening with your career, and at what point do you make that transitory step into becoming the publican's partner? Sadly or luckily, I didn't really have to make that choice. The choice was made easier for me because, if you recall, that was around the time of 9-11. That was in September of 2001, and a lot of the airlines suffered huge losses. Delta, instead of sacking or getting rid of their employees like United and America did, they offered incentives for employees to leave and they offered me a package that I could not refuse. That just sort of helped me along to make the decision to move over here. Yes, it was a very, very high-flying job, uh, a lot of long hours but not as long as the hours over here. <laughs> I was going to say, so let's do that comparison thing in there, because I think, I mean, I've done it as well, and I think quite a lot of people who've done it in the village have, have made mass, massive changes in their career and doing something completely different that is countryside related. But I suppose the difference for us is that at least we were from this country. You've come across the pond. From the beginning, was it a partnership? that you were going to work the pub with him as well, because I see it as a complete split between the two of you. You run this place together. So was that always the case in the beginning? And was that what you wanted? Or has it just been that you've kind of stepped up, slid to that position, and now find yourself running a very successful, very peaceful country pub? I think I more or less sort of worked my way up. Had you ever worked in the entertainment industry? I did a short stint at McDonald's. Um, I worked in a cookie store in a mall. But other than that, no, I didn't really have any any experience. But except what you had done is you'd run a business. Yes. And lovely though this is, it's still a business. It's a business, yeah. A lot of the, um, the cooking that I do, it wasn't that I learned it in the industry, it was home cooking. And I, I know one lovely thing about you and Mick, I'm gonna draw a sort of description as I kind of see it through my very foggy eyesight of Mick. Mick is, is he's very dark, isn't he? He's rather sort of Latin looking, isn't he? He's Welsh. Oh, he, oh, he's Welsh, but I must think he looks rather Latin. Yeah. He's very dark, isn't he? He's dark hair, dark curly hair, naturally dark curly, curly hair. hair. Quite yes. long, you know, he's quite kind of Heathcliff looking. He actually grew up with Tom Jones. He was mistaken several times for he Tom Jones. He was mistaken Jones. for Tom Jones? Yes. Well, there you have it, everybody. Look out for a Tom Jones. <laughs> Tom and Jones just be careful. strawberry. It could be the strawberry. It could be the proprietor of the strawberry. <laughs> what I love about you, Mick, is I know that you both kind of quite like country and western music because when I was standing at the bus stop sometime in the rain I remember once you picked me up and and it was a lovely sunny day and you kind of had your feet up on the dashboard and country and western music was blaring and I think Mick was driving the car sitting right back with his, you know, <laughs> I felt like I was in a movie the two-minute journey from Draycott to Cheddar was probably one of the most exciting I've had since I've been here
I do like all sorts of music. Yeah, that was wonderful. Yeah, yeah. I, I do like a little country western. I like rock. I like soft rock. I like a lot of different genres of, of music. So you got lucky that day to heard some country western. And that is so typical of Kansas. Is so, it? So, so typical of Kansas. Country western music, yeah. Cowboy boots, big 10-gallon hats, uh, the big belt buckles. But they all drive around in a pickup truck and live yeah. in the city. Oh, I'd love that. I, I think I may have to do the opposite to where you've done move out there. Oh, wonderful. I can just picture the scene. It's just great. We were talking earlier, weren't we, about all the things that go on here. When I, I've just scraped the surface of the thing. I mean, I come to the Christmas carols, and, and there is the infamous strawberry special second Sunday quiz. Quiz, the SS quiz, second Sunday second, strawberry and special. And you run that. I run that as well. And you run it, I think, magnificently, if I might say so. Oh, thank you. Yes, um, a lot of effort goes into it, obviously, but I try to add my own little quirky side to it. As you know, bonus questions are all American. The bonus question <laughs> is always American. And I think I should say here, as, as, as somebody who comes along, I don't come so often now because I can't see the piece of paper. And, and I want to see what people are writing down because everybody's going, shh, stop, shh. <laughs> it's a bit yes. lost on me now. I still really enjoy the ambiance. You know, what I like about it, Laurie, is there's, there's quite a lot of larger-than-life characters, and it's quite competitive, and you have that good way of keeping people... I mean, people, frankly, terrified of you. Let's put it out there. Yes. Yeah, yes. and I think I think that's the way to run a really good pub quiz. And the fact that the bonus question is always American, I think it's inspirational. It's just, it just adds my little touch to it. Yeah. All. I mean, yeah. I don't think you would get that at any other... Quiz. Absolutely. Absolutely. But the, the thing that also people come here to listen out for is the way I pronounce words. Yes. They're just waiting for me to slip they up. Are waiting for you they to are. say, give us a word. Let's think of a word. You're right. They do. Well, I had a question about the American program Dynasty. Oh no 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 no! It's called Dynasty. Aluminium is aluminum. Garage is garage, and so on and so forth. But if I remember, one night famously you stopped, took a breath, and said, "Yeah, but I'm the one asking the questions." Yes. And I think there was an uncomfortable silence while people shuffled their papers and looked again at question 11A. Because God forbid anybody's questioned. I remember once one night, I remember it was like a scene from Oliver. You. you then somebody said, no, I think you'll find the whatever was actually in 19-whatever. And, and there was the really uncomfortable sounds where people pushed papers around because they had challenged you, Laurie. And I don't think anybody challenged you, you know, ever since the quiz began. And we were waiting for this person. It was clearly an incomer. It had to be, yeah. Yeah, I, I think I heard a whimper. I think I heard a whimper of when your tongue quite rightly put them back in their place. So come to the quiz... But be prepared to just answer the questions. <laughs> and have a laugh. I mean, no, I, we have a, I, no, I do I'm advise you are very funny. mispronunciation. You're very funny and you're very good about it. And oh, there's other things you do here. I mean, I've come to the I've, I've Skittles, obviously. CPR, you run things, you run the Rotary, yes. as you said. There's been schools meetings. There's so much here. Local organisations use this as a yeah. Laurie, I must let you get back to work, so I know that you need to, but... It's just been so magical talking to you this evening, and, and I can't believe there actually is a ghost here. I just hope there was a ghost here. And why wouldn't there be? It's an old building, and it's obviously yes. seen a lot of life, hasn't it? 
inevitably, I'm going to, before I say thank you and good night, I'm going to ask you, how do you feel about the future? I don't know, really. I don't know what the future holds. I know Mick keeps saying that this is the last Christmas, but it will come one of these days. When, I don't know, but it will come. Well, it has Sadly. to. Yeah. It has change has to. Sadly, and made. I can't do it on my own. No. Well, I think actually you could. Actually, <laughs> I think if anybody could, you could. But you wouldn't want to. You'd want, you know, you no, make a team, aren't you? Yes, you know, we're a team. We're a team. team. Well, I hope you don't do it this. Well, you won't do it this Christmas because we have carols coming up, haven't we? We've got all the Christmas stuff in the pub, and we always have a jolly good revelry, don't we? Oh, we Christmas do. Time. We do. New Year, unfortunately, I'm normally in Cornwall, but I, I believe the Ghetto Blaster comes out. Well, Abba is played. Is that right? New Year's Eve. We get a few. I've, I've seen over the past years a decline. Yeah. in Revelers on New Year's Eve. Uh, do you think yes. people are growing up finally? I think a lot of them are holding more house parties staying at home. Laurie, thank you so much for talking to me this evening and thanks for being a contributor in Draycott Diaries. And thank you to you, Mick, for everything you do for the community as one of the community. You've been very kind to me and read my sight loss. You, you don't fuss or anything like that. One day I used to come in here and drink normally and then one day I turned up with a guide dog and nobody made any comment about no. it, which was nice. And thank you for that. And this actually won't be going out until January. January 2020. Oh, wow. wow. So I think... We'll soon be here, though. Well, you would. Of course, you'll be here. He might say it again this Christmas, maybe. So let's just say Happy New Year. Happy New Year, everybody. And thank you, Tiggy, for coming down and having a chat with me. You've just been listening to Draycott Diaries, recorded by me, Tiggy Trothowan. The programme was edited by Jeff Farney, and the music was arranged by Hugh Trethowen. We are now available on all podcast platforms, so please keep listening. <laughs>